Well, good morning officially. And uh, if you're with us online, whether you're uh, on fall break or uh, still quarantining, we welcome you. And uh, we are excited. Man, we're just, it's, it's uh, the word I used this morning was surreal. It's a little surreal here 10 years after Christ Community Church launched, and uh, it's a blessing. And so today, uh, if it's your first time or if you're new with us, uh, it's also a unique opportunity for you. You're going to get to hear a little bit, uh, some, some in-between things about what was, um, but we're going to mostly talk about what could be and how you might be involved in what could be. At the end of our sermon today, we're going to, for the first time since the pandemic hit, take communion together. If you're a baptized believer in Christ, we uh, would invite you to do that. You should have seen uh, some prepackaged communion cups on your chair. If you don't have one of those, uh, you can reach up and grab one of those. Or if you, if, There should be plenty. So, but if you need help with that, uh, feel free to raise your hand and we'll, we'll connect with you. Uh, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13 today, the end of... Uh, a series that we've been in through the pandemic, uh, through the book of Hebrews, where we've been reminded that Jesus is still the answer. He's still the answer. The same foundation that Christ's community was built upon uh, 10 years ago, Jesus Christ and his word is still the answer. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. So uh, if you would, find in your Bibles Hebrews chapter 13. If you've got a paper Bible, do that. If on your phone, uh, I would encourage you to use the Bible app where our uh, digital bulletin is. But let me read Hebrews 13 and, uh, and then pray for us. Let brotherly love continue. Don't neglect to show hospitality, for by doing this, some have welcomed angels as guests without knowing it. Remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them, and the mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. Marriage is to be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept undefiled, because God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterers. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. Therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. As you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't be led astray by various kinds of strange teachings, for it's good for the heart to be established by grace and not by food regulations, since those who observe them have not benefited. We have an altar from which those who worship at the tabernacle do not have a right to eat. For the body of, bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the most holy place by the high priest as a sin offering are burned outside the camp. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the gate so that he might sanctify the people by his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing his disgrace. For we do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. Don't neglect to do what is good and to share, for God is pleased with such sacrifices. Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account, so that they can do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are convinced that we have a clear conscience, wanting to conduct ourselves honorably in everything. And I urge you all the more to pray that I may be restored to you very soon. 
Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I urge you to receive this message of exhortation, for I have written to you briefly. Be aware that our brother Timothy has been released. If he comes soon enough, he will be with me when I see you. Greet all your leaders and all the saints. Those who are from Italy send you greetings. Grace be with you all. Lord Jesus, the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of your everlasting covenant, would you equip us today with everything good to do your will? Would you work in us what is pleasing in your sight through Jesus Christ? To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus and his word were the foundation, but what has the Lord built on that foundation over the years? I began to think through some of the specific years as we got ready for today, and uh, I've got a, a brick or a block here that represents each year, and um, I want to quickly go through these. Uh, the, the, the 2010 block, 10, 10, 10, uh, it's got the word pioneer on it. It's a word that we've often used to, to describe our spirit here at Christ Community. We want to be taking new ground. We want to be launching out. And as Melissa shared about that day, I've heard Josh say the same thing. You put in all this work, you set up all the chairs, you do all the things, and then you kind of sit back and you think, is anybody even going to show up? But those pioneers that were a part of that original team, they, they launched out in, in 2010, and that took us to 2011. In 2011, uh, this idea that she said, one person at a time, really began to emerge. And it was uh, a joy to celebrate. I wasn't there, but I've seen the video. Uh, 13 baptisms in that first year. 13 people, one, a little over one a month, who, whose lives were changed by Jesus forever. Forever. And they celebrated that, and uh, they, they walked with those people. And uh, 2012, you know, there, there's, there's some momentum now. There's some excitement. And, and there's also a growing understanding of the greater need in the world, right? It's like, hey, there, there's a group of people that have come together to be a church, but why are we doing this? And the, the sense of mission and, and urgency uh, began to grow. And so in 2012, the word uh, that I put on the, the block is partners. And for the first time, Christ Community really began to realize that, that it's going to take a bunch of us, partners in ministry, to really see the gospel go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. And, and so partners began to emerge, and especially in 2012, conversations began with Sparrow Missions, Honduras, our first international partner, and, and those things began to take shape. And, uh, and then in 2013, um, one, of the, the, one of the most fun stories for me to share, 2013, the word on here is, is local schools. You know, we'd met in Southside since the beginning, but in 2013, it was a special year. We'd been serving them and supporting them and uh, figuring out how we could help, and, and their principal came to us, and, they, and she said, listen, our, our test scores are some of the lowest in the state, and we really just need some mentors, some tutors for our kids. Can your church help us? And Lee and the other leaders came together, and they said, you know what, this is our mission for this season. And so we took a whole season, a whole four, five, six months of just everybody pouring into these kids in the evening. And to the glory of God, Southside 
ended up in the top 10% of test scores in the state the next year. Not because of what we did. I mean, all we did was say two plus four is six, right? But because of what the Lord wanted to do and, and the light that he wanted to shine on this community. And so local schools have continued to be a part of our story and, and how we engage. And um, that really just continued to, to, to grow and blossom. And in, in 2014, Southside actually got a new building, which meant we had to move. And 2014 became the year of generosity. Year of generosity. We received generosity. But we also got to see what it meant for us to be generous. We were approached about uh, having this building purchased for us uh, with the intent to help us. And we received five years of free rent. But in that process, the church rallied together uh, for a day called One Day, where we raised $80,000 in one day, a little over $150,000 in six months. And we moved in, as rough cut as it was. But we learned so much about sacrifice and generosity. And, and on Easter of 2014, we were in this space for the first time. 2015 was, uh, by the numbers, quote-unquote, our greatest year of growth. The number of people who were worshiping with us and connecting in groups was higher. Uh, that, that growth that year was, was more than we'd ever had. And so because of that, we actually took on more space in the back of the building. We expanded the building again. And, and so 2015 was so much about growth. And uh, as we were growing, the question began to arise, well, what's next? And the Lord sent to us a question first asked by J.D. Greer. And the question was, what if Christ Community Church could send more people out to start new churches than we could seat in our current facility? And the heart for church planning was really uh, born and, and began to blossom. And so 2016 was the year that we first sent out a team of people to plant at Midland. And uh, to the glory of God, they are gathering, meeting, uh, continuing to find ways to serve that area of our, uh, of our community. 2017, uh, the Lord continued to burden our heart for mission. And um, Phil Thurman, along with some others, uh, really began to, to be, feel a burden for the unreached. Those people in our world who um, would never hear the gospel unless somebody was to intentionally take it to them. And so through partnerships in Indonesia uh, and now Central Asia, uh, we've begun to figure out how can we always be partnering with a people group that uh, would, know, would otherwise not have access to the gospel. The Lord really put that into our DNA in 2017. In 2018, uh, I put the word missional on the block uh, because it was a year that, you know, from the beginning, Christ Community said we want to be missional. We want to be a, a church that's on mission out there. It's not about attracting people in here. It's about taking Jesus to them. But there were some significant markers in 2018 that really helped us see that that was a truth. And uh, in 2018, we hit 100 baptisms. And we hit over $500,000 in giving to missions in 2018. And so um, it was a year uh, uh, that we were reminded that, yes, the Lord had called us and the church to be on mission, to be missional. In 2019, um, we got to send out uh, the next church planning team to Henry County. And, and a vision for a family of churches really began to be birthed. Uh, a group of churches that prayerfully one day will see 1% of our region reached for Christ. Just 1%. 
And in 2020, we started the year by saying, hey, we should dwell with the Lord. And then all that got put to the test. (laughs) Do we really want to dwell with the Lord? There's this funny thing that despite all those bricks, you know, church planning is often said to be something where you're building the plane as you fly it. And to take that analogy and apply it to my bricks here, uh, there's a little bit of a sense that, man, maybe those things are, are things that we look back on fondly, and maybe those are even words and things that we're proud of. And yet, because we were building the plane as we fly it, like, it's kind of just a pile of bricks. And, it, and there are moments and there are times where, at a moment's notice, if something were to happen, we worry that those bricks could just all tumble over. As we celebrate 10 years, it's interesting because the, the feeling for, for me and some of our other leaders is, is not, man, this is, this is so great. Let's just keep blowing and going. It's like, we survived. We made it. And I don't think that's all wrong because it reminds us of our need for Jesus. But I do think it's right when we say, man, 10 years, we survived. I think it's right to ask, what would it look like to thrive? How can we thrive? And why haven't we? I want us to look back at three verses that have been read often in Christ Community Church gatherings. Hebrews 13, verses 12 through 14. Because I believe that in this effort to to join Jesus on the outside, to go outside, as the mantra has been, we've overlooked a really critical element to going outside. Letting Jesus work in us. Look back with me. It says, Therefore Jesus also suffered outside the gate. It's talking about when he went to the cross. He, he went outside of the city. And that was the place that we read where uh, the, the remains of the sacrifices were burned. That was where they got rid of the junk. And he went there so that he might sanctify the people by his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing his disgrace. For we don't have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. Did you catch it? You see, Christ's community, when I read these verses, there's some things that stick out to me. I I think we so captured and caught hold of this idea of serving, that we would go to Jesus outside the camp, bearing his, just taking a servant's heart. We love to serve our city. We love to to have a servant attitude. And and to be honest, we kind of stumbled into verse 14, right? And we don't have an enduring city, so we seek the one to come. And that's this idea of, man, being kingdom workers, thinking about other churches and sending out and not just building our own kingdom. And we kind of stumbled into that. But, and so we served and we sought the city. We went outside, all while sidestepping the very reason and purpose that Jesus went outside the gates in the first place. Look at verse 12. Jesus suffered outside the gate so that he might sanctify the people by his own blood. Do you see the progression that the author intended in these verses? He says, this is why Jesus went outside on the cross, to to, to sanctify the people. Let us then, let us then go to him outside the camp. You see, we can serve all day, every day. We can send people out to start new churches, but if we don't let the Lord keep changing us, we're not really going outside with Jesus. We're just sustaining the things that make us feel good. 
We're just creating an environment that we like to spend time at on Sunday mornings. We're just surviving. It's kind of like this pile of bricks. We can keep adding to them year after year, but, but if we don't allow the Lord to, to work in the cracks and to add mortar, then we'll never leave anything for the next generation to build on. Instead, if we don't allow Jesus to work in us, man, th- this pile of bricks, the things that we are building are constantly at risk of just being toppled over. Our mission at Christ Community Church to, to, to go outside has always been guided by what Jesus called the greatest commandment. Love God, love people. Go back with me, if you would, to, this, to when this command was given to the Jews in the Old Testament. We read this in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says, Listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Catch verse 6. These words that I'm giving you today are to be where? In your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates. Do you see again the order of things? Here's the greatest command. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Get that inside of you. Let that be inside of you and then go and do the work. Then go and do the work. God should always be a part of everything we do, but, but notice that, that, that idea that it's got to be inside of us first. Put Jesus in first position. Love him with everything you have. Jesus went outside so that he might sanctify, to make holy, to set apart his people. Not so that we could do Love Shelbyville Day or plant churches or give to missions. Those things come. But his why, his purpose was to sanctify, to, to make holy, to set apart us for an eternity in God's presence. So I want us to ask the question quickly today, what does it look like for the Lord to sanctify us? What does it mean for the Word of God to be in our heart? And and why do you and I need to keep changing? Why does Christ's community need to keep changing? Can't we just keep doing the same things the same ways? And it's because of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're like, well, hold on, Blake. I thought you were just talking about how we needed to change. And now you're saying Jesus is the same. If he's the same, we can be the same, right? Verse 8 speaks so clearly of Jesus, how he is the same. And this is, this is incredibly good news, right? In a time and a season where, man, nothing seems to be the same day to day, where the things that we have always been used to seem to be different, it's incredibly comforting to recognize that, that Jesus is the same. Jesus was the same on March 1st as he is today on August 11th. And that's incredibly good news, that Jesus has always been God. He is God right now, and he will always be God. He is timeless, and his work is timeless. The salvation that Jesus offers is timeless. He saved you from your sins on the cross long ago. He saves you when you repent and believe Him in him in that moment, and he will save you when he comes again. You see, the the same Jesus who called a group of people to start a church that would join Jesus on the outside 10 years ago is the same Jesus who's calling us to that today. And he's the same Jesus that will not allow anything to ever prevail against his church. And when I think about all those realities, if I'm just being honest, it's kind of like a hoorah, let's go chant for me. Like, if that's true, 
Then what am I waiting? Like, let's go. Why are things not happening? It's because there's more about Jesus that is timeless. God's word in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16 says this. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, right? We, we like the action. What are we going to do? Be sober-minded. Well, those two things seem to be hard to go together. But set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Jesus has always been holy. He is holy right now, and he will always be holy. Jesus changes your life because the plan has always been, and the plan will always be for you to be holy like he is holy. In fact, that's his plan for your life today. And when you pursue holiness, Jesus invites you into the action. There's an order to it. You may remember, I hope you remember, Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Miyagi. And you may remember the classic scene or scenes, right? He's training Daniel-san. He has him do all of these chores. He's waxing his car. He's painting the fence. He's painting the fence this way, right? And then there's this moment, and Daniel-san is frustrated. I always watched it on cable. I watched a YouTube clip this morning, and I realized, wow, this is way more graphic than I ever knew. Isn't that, Isn't that crazy when you do that? But in that clip, right, he gets frustrated, and then Mr. Miyagi shows him, right, that all of these things have been getting him ready for, for the fight, for the training that he's doing, and he's like, show me wax on, and he goes to Ben Daddy's like, no, eyes, right, and he makes him wax on up here, and then he makes him do this, and, and then he shows him how it all works, and I'm not, like, I don't have those kinds of coordinations, so I'm not even going to pretend, but, but you know what, I, you, you see what I'm getting at, right, like, everybody loves that scene, it's like, oh, this is amazing, like, master teacher, he made him do all these little things to get him ready for what he was actually going to do. And I wonder, I wonder if we, like Danielson, often think that the pursuit of holiness in our lives is a waste of time when really it's in those moments where the Lord is calling you to root out a sin. It's in those moments where he's having you do something that feels so tedious, something that you don't see the point of at all. It's in those moments that he's really preparing you for your next role in his mission. You see, church, if we want to keep going outside, if we want to keep being the church that the Lord called us to be, we have to submit to his holiness. We have to let him sanctify us because that was his purpose in going outside. Today, this truth might affect you in multiple ways. For some of you, maybe you're still exploring uh, the, the ideas of Jesus. For some of you, maybe, uh, maybe you're watching online and you are still just crippled in fear. <coughs> crippled in fear by the pandemic as I cough, of course. <coughs> just kidding 
I empathize with your fear. I empathize with it, but today this truth might affect you. In a world that is in a season of unthinkable change, Jesus is the same. And if you're crippled by that fear, then my prayer for you today is that you find comfort in the fact that Jesus is the same. He is the same. No matter what you are afraid of, no matter what things you're having to go through, no matter the the difficulties, maybe they're financial, maybe they're emotional, maybe they're physical, I don't know. No matter what you're going through in this unthinkable change, Jesus is the same. And I pray that he comforts you with this truth today. But for some of us today, as you think about Jesus always being holy and being holy and always going to continue to be holy, It may have helped you to see your lack of holiness. And I pray that the conviction of the Spirit would push you so hard to God's grace. That you would be so broken by your lack of holiness that the only thing that you know to do is to turn and ask Him to forgive you and to make you new. You see, Jesus gives you righteousness while at the same time calling you to holiness. That's the good news of the gospel. That when you place your faith and trust in him, when you repent and say, I'm turning from that old life and giving it to Jesus, there is a righteousness that is given to you that is imputed right there. And the rest of your life begins this process of being made holy as he is holy. So for some of you today, I pray that the Lord is convicting you. Convicting you of your unholiness and comforting you with the holiness of God. But for all of us, I pray that the truth of Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever helps us realize that as a church, as a church, we need to be different. Not different for the sake of different. Not different weird. Not the same kind of different we've been for the last 10 years as the different church in town. But different because Jesus is the same. Different because Jesus is the same. Be different today because Jesus is the same. I want to speak to you quickly in three groups. I want to speak to the group of people that are new to CCC. Maybe that means you came during the middle of a pandemic. Hoorah, pages. We're glad to have you. Maybe you're trying to figure it out. Maybe you're watching online. I don't know. But if you're new to CCC, I want you to know this. You have an opportunity You have an opportunity to shape the next decade of Christ's community like others have the first. You might be Melissa Ballard standing up here in 2030. I want to read for you, if you're new, those same verses from the message translation. It says, so let's go outside where Jesus is, where the action is. Not trying to be privileged insiders, but taking our share in the abuse of Jesus. This insider world is not our home. We have our eyes peeled for the city about to come, so let's take our place outside with Jesus, no longer pouring out the sacrificial blood of animals, but pouring out sacrificial praises from our lips to God in Jesus' name. You know, to go outside of Christ's community, if you're new, it's a series of next steps. It's just doing the next thing that you know the Lord is calling you to, and then stringing those together one by one by one by one. And here's what we know from the first 10 years. If you're new today, it's going to be really hard, and it's going to be really scary, and there's going to be a lot of times where you're not sure what's next. And to that, I say, may I remind you of Hebrews 13, 6. It says, therefore, we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? And so if you're new, 
man, come with us where the action is. Join us. Take those steps. For some of you, you may need to be baptized just like you saw Derek and Amy be baptized today. For others, you may be wondering what's it look like to be a part of this, this family, this, this family that's going outside. And to you, I would say, if you would check out loveshowville.com slash 101, our membership class is all online for you there, and I would be glad to walk through that with you. Uh, but there may be other things. You see, the biggest part of going outside is that it's not about being an insider. It's about being an outsider. And so to you, those of you who are new at CCC, I'm giving you permission right here, right now, to press in on any of those that you feel like are insiders here at Christ Community and say, well, why have you always done it that way? Maybe we can do it different. Maybe we can be different. If you're new to CCC, you have an opportunity to shape the next decade like others have the first. But then there's another group of people, and that's the group of people that have come alongside of the CCC mission through those first 10 years. And to you, my challenge is this in being different. It's time for you to do for others what has been done for you. In the first 10 years, there's been just over 130 baptisms at Christ Community. There's been, I, I, I didn't look up the number for new members. <laughs> I'm just to be honest with you. But if you're in this group, I want to point you back to, to the first five verses of Hebrews 13 and let it be a little bit of a guide for us. Because uh, though I was not in the earliest group, I would, I would most be in this group. These verses were the epitome of the early culture at Christ Community. And I, I think in many ways, we need to press in. We need to be more holy. We need to, to bring some of these things back in a healthy way. It says this, let brotherly love continue. What's it look like to have brotherly love? Like the kind of love that wrestles with each other and hangs out together. Don't neglect to show hospitality. Man, I can remember my introduction to CCC being just all kinds of time in people's homes. How can you, if you've come alongside us in the first decade, open up your home? How can you spend time with those who are trying to connect to the mission? Verse 3, remember those in prison as though you were in prison with them and they're mistreated as though you yourselves were suffering bodily. You know, for those of you who are new, the Lord has given your heart burdens and passions for groups of people that are hurting in our community. And he might have brought you here for the very purpose of helping us go outside to them. So don't be shy. Let's press in and let's go forward together. Verse 4, marriage is to be honored by all and the marriage bed kept undefiled because God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers. The sad reality is that oftentimes our, our core relationship in marriage is the very thing that keeps us from going outside with Jesus. Not because it's too hard or too difficult, but because we do not spend the time necessary on keeping and making it healthy. Maybe today the Lord's simply calling you to do that so that you can be a better outsider. Verse 5, keep your life free from the love of money. Ugh. Be satisfied with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. And while money is mentioned and giving is a thing, it's more about priority. Is your priority seeing God's kingdom grow through his church? Is your priority that of Jesus? Are you satisfied with what he's given to you? Or are you trying to build your kingdom and attend church on the weekends? 
those who came alongside of us in the first decade, it's time for you to do what others have done for you. I'm excited. Uh, over the next month, we're going to be doing a new series called Getting Out. And it's this idea that uh, the way that we can get out of ourselves, the way that we can get back out on the mission field with Jesus, the way that we can maybe even get out of our uh, little shells that have been built through quarantine is to become a disciple maker. To really press into personal discipleship in, in, in these ideas and these ways with the people that we love and care for the most. And so I would invite you, if you've come alongside us in the first decade, to really press in, to really discern and ask the Lord to show you where you are. Last but not least, there are still a few that are around from those early days. The challenge for you is the same, and yet it's so different. To be different if you were here in the early days might be one of the hardest things you've ever had to do. Shortly after I became the pastor at Christ Community, I went and I uh, sat down with a guy named Ron Edmondson, a leader that I respect, pastor that I respect, and we were talking through some of the things that I wanted to change at Christ Community. And we kind of go through, he's like, tell me all the things you want to change. And so I start going through the list, you know, and we, I get through the list and he looks at me and he says, Blake, it's going to be really easy for you to change all those things. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, trust me. You're a new leader. You've got the trust of the people. Like it's, he said, let me tell you when it's going to get hard. He said, the hardest thing will be when you need to start changing the things that you've already changed before. And so if you've been around since the beginning, this next season at Christ Community might be really hard because we need to change some of the things that we've changed before. As a church, we need to do that, but also personally. Because you see, this holiness thing, we don't just get to a point and stop. Each season, he calls us into a greater level of holiness, a greater level of walking with him. And as we walk with him in holiness, he calls us back into the action. I love uh, what the, uh, the wisdom of Ecclesiastes 7.10 says. It says, don't say, why were the former days better than these? Since it's not wise of you to ask this. We might be tempted to ask that. But Hebrews 13.15 reminds us, therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips to confess his name. So church, let's be different. Whatever season you're in. Not for the sake of being different, but let's be different because Jesus is the same. When I, when I came to Christ Community, it was uh, end of 2012, beginning of 2013. And first time I sat with Lee, talked about all kinds of things. We get done, and he says, hey, uh, can we open up Hebrews 13 and read a couple of verses? They're the verses that are guiding us during this, this season of hiring. I said, sure. And he read the prayer that we prayed this morning. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, equip you with everything good to do his will, working in us what is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And he looked at me and he said, you know, I don't know what he's going to do with you, but we're really just trusting that the Lord would equip us for this next season. Man, I needed to hear that. And this week, as Bobby asked me to reflect, as Midland's celebrating some of these same things today, the Lord just brought this back to mind. But he brought it back to mind like this. It was a subtle reminder that, man, 
He has been faithful. There's been so many things that haven't worked. And the things that haven't worked have often been things that have been selfish, things that we thought would be good. But the things that the Lord wanted to do, the things that were His will, and He equipped us every time in ways that were beyond belief. And as He did that, those things were done that way so that He was working in us what is pleasing in His sight. It's not about us. I'm so grateful to be reminded of his death because it always points to his life and that he will continue to equip us. Now may the God of peace who brought it from the dead, he brought him up from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Today as we close, you know we're going to close with communion. And so as we take uh, this weird wafer it reminds us of the, the, the body of Christ, right? And the juice that reminds us of the blood. It reminds us of his death. But every time we remember his death, it points us to the fact that he's alive again. And if he can raise Jesus from the dead, he can certainly help us to be different. The band is going to come back up as we get ready to take communion today. It's been a long time coming. A long time coming. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writes this in verses 23 and following, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So I want to ask if you would, we're going to take it in unison. We don't usually do that here. It's been different for us, and this is a different season, but what a great opportunity to be in unity together. Peel back that top layer. Take the wafer. We remember the body. We remember the body. It was for us. He went outside for us to sanctify us. sacrifice he said in the same way he took the cup after supper he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood the new covenant that said man you don't have to do enough good things to cancel out the bad you don't have to follow well, he wants you to follow the rules but you don't have to follow the rules to earn your salvation this is a new covenant that's in my blood. He said, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. We remember that through the everlasting, everlasting covenant of his blood, we can be forgiven.
he said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Why would we want to proclaim his death? Because every time we proclaim his death, we can't help but talk about his resurrected life. His resurrected life. Church, he is faithful to equip us with everything good to do his will. He wants to work in us what is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. So as long as Christ's community is standing, whether we're a pile of bricks or a firm foundation, may Jesus Christ be the one that gets the glory forever and ever. Amen. Today, if you don't know Jesus, if you've not experienced his grace and put on the holiness that he gives to you, I'll be right down here on the side singing and worship alongside of you. Interrupt me. I'll have my mask on and we can introduce you to him, our Savior, the one that we look forward to worshiping with for an eternity in heaven.